Hey, I'm Drew. And I'm Tim. And this is the Hearts and Hands Podcast. In Season 2, Episode 36, we have a roundtable discussion about the medium being the message. Welcome to another episode of the Hearts and Hands Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Sonnenberg, joined as always by my co-host, Tim Babbler. And Tim, this past week I was in a meeting and this phrase came up that the medium is the message. Um, it's a phrase that comes from a, a communication uh, expert named Marshall McLuhan. Uh, and as soon as we were talking about something very different in that meeting, but as soon as that phrase came up, I, it started rolling around in my head and I was thinking, how does that apply to God and to God's word um, and the mediums that he has chosen to convey it? Um, so we, we got to talk to three great guys. Um, they'll introduce themselves in a minute. Um, but I was really excited about this conversation. How about you? Yeah, at first when you mentioned it, I'm like, wait, what do you what do you mean by that? And then as we just discussed this, and then you told me our guests, and I was like, okay, so you get like three of the most philosophical deep thinkers that we know, and put them all in in one virtual room together, and see what happens. Like, okay, here's here's a quick hint to our listeners: this is not just one episode long, because think, oh man, if you already read the title, you see who it's with, you know. These people like to talk, and the things they say are worth listening to, and I love it. Yeah, I'll admit I kind of rolled the dice with this one a little bit, like as far as preparation goes. I just posed <laughs> that question to them and just let them go. Um, and as Tim mentioned, you'll you'll get to hear how the conversation turns out over the course of the next few episodes here. So let's go ahead and get started with our roundtable. Today we're excited to welcome back to the podcast a group of men that are going to have a nice roundtable discussion with us. First of all, we have Kent Reeder. Uh, Kent, could you reintroduce yourself for our guests? Yeah, I'm Kent. I'm the pastor at Illum, which is a very young mission church in Seattle, Washington. Um, we are having a great time functioning under the unique circumstances of COVID with a digital project uh, called The Spotlight that we've been putting out. And uh, it's great to get people engaged with it and, and yeah, give it a shot. We have Brandon Steenbach. Yeah, hi. Uh, glad to be on the podcast here. I'm actually originally from Seattle, but I am no longer anywhere near where Kent is. Uh, I live now in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and serve on staff at St. Mark Lutheran Church, uh, where I get to do uh, work with young families and uh, teach Bible and stuff like that. And we have Dan Jasperson. Hi everyone, I'm Dan. I have been to Seattle, and but I'm in, I'm in my basement in Cheyenne, Wyoming, um, in a room that I call my studio because I'm a magician and performance artists have to have studios, but actually it's just room in my basement that my wife lets me use for it. Excellent. And we wanted to talk to you guys tonight because of a, a saying that came up in a meeting I was in with Kent and Dan last week. Uh, um, and this saying comes from a... a communication expert i can't remember the name uh kent do you know marshall McLuhan. marshall McLuhan. um he has this saying that the medium is the message um and we were talking about something very different at that time but i got thinking about how that applies to god and specifically the bible um that the bible is the medium that god chose um to spread his word through 
uh, and I wanted to think about why that is. Um, so, like, hypothetically speaking, God could have created the world in a very different way that where, like, video cameras grew on trees um, so that it was just very easy to make movies or it was very easy to, to do any other sort of art form and use that to convey his, his message. But he chose the written word. Um, so I'm curious to know what, why you guys think that is. Uh, let's start with Brandon. What do you think? Well, Drew, you know that I love to work with the written word. I mean, that's kind of the medium that I, I love the most. I enjoy painting a picture with words. And so I guess I'm just inclined to say that God just ordained that the written word is the best way to communicate. <laughs> uh, it's just better than any other medium, I suppose. Uh, it, you know, I, obviously it's a little bit dangerous to try to pick at the mind of God and say, why would God do what he did the way he did it? Um, but I think that there's something universal about uh, about the word itself. I mean, yes, you know, you can take a picture and show it to anybody, and everybody can kind of identify what that is. But you know, um, there are things like like people's personal mannerisms or the way that they express themselves uh, in body language and stuff like that really is very different from culture to culture, and there can uh, be you know just ways that that we communicate face to face or video to video if you will that can be confusing i think um whereas i guess the idea of language is universal everybody uses language in some way um now of course there's the whole fact that language is confused because of uh, tower of Babel and all that stuff so maybe that kind of breaks down my uh my argument here <laughs> maybe i'm sort of defeating myself but um, you know, just people, people always communicate through words. So God chose to communicate through words. I don't know. What do you think, Dan? I'm, um, I'm scribbling furiously on a notepad next to me over here because I have a lot of thoughts. Apparently when I, when we came into this call, I was like, I don't really know what I think about this. Now, all of a sudden I'm listening to Brandon. And I'm like, I have a lot of thoughts on this. So I'm, <laughs> um, I, I want to rewind just a little bit. And I would argue that the written word was not the original, <laughs> the original means, um, story, story was the original mm. God used story. And, uh, I've heard it argued several times that story storytelling and that story framework is sort of the, is the operating system for the human brain. And that's how God wired us to understand stories and to, you know, Jesus used them all over the place in parables now, today, as 21st century readers of the Bible, we see, you know, the stories of David and Goliath or of Daniel and the lion's den or whatever. And we know that there's historical relevance to those, but also there's, there's these, they're packaged in a story. And so the written word simply happens to be the, a very good way of packaging stories and delivering them down from generation to generation. And so, so when we talk about like, God's original method for communicating, I mean, short of direct line communication like Adam and Eve enjoyed, you know, when you get to Moses, uh, everything up until Moses was all oral tradition. It was passed down by story. It was passed down from, from generation to generation. And so um, writing, writing written word is actually a little bit younger technology than storytelling is. 
Dan, I'm going to get behind you on this, actually. I really, really like where you're going. It's reminding me of a conversation I had just, just a couple of months ago with somebody who uh, we were talking about what it means to be uniquely human or distinctly human. And what he said was, I, th- I think that what sets us apart as human beings is our capacity to tell and understand stories. And I was just, you know, it was kind of crazy. I was like, wow, that, yeah, like all the other things that you could maybe point to that make humans unique um, at least from a from a uh, interactive standpoint. I mean, yeah, you get into the, the whole idea of soul and all of that, but the capacity to tell stories. I, I think I'm going to be behind you on that one, Dan. I really like that. Kent, are you going to make Thank three or three? <laughs> well, no, I I think Dan is going the direction that that I would have or that I that I go with the question um, with with a couple of like just add additional thoughts to it. Right. So, so the, the word word, um, gets used to talk about several different things, um, that are not written in scripture. Um, you know, God speaks the universe into existence and that is the word. John one tells us that is the word. Um, then that word is written down, um, in prophecy and that word becomes incarnate. So the word also takes on flesh, um, and that's a that's, that's a little bit different from from a book. Um, but then we also, of course, have the word, um, sixty six canonical books, and the promises that are connected to it that set those apart and make them significant. And um, I think God gave us those specifically so that we'd have something we can point to that's stronger than a sunset. Um, and say that this is what God said, um, and I, I can feel really confident about this being what God said, um, while at the same time acknowledging that the Word of God can be fairly defined as anything that is true about Him as it is communicated to us. Obviously, there are ways that that, that definition can be woefully misinterpreted, but um, the Word of God that he's chosen to give us is what he's what he's unhidden for us to learn about him and the bible does a good job of doing a bunch of that you know certainly like we talk about it in good lutheran theology it is the the defining norm of all other words about god that we might receive so brandon kind of jokingly said this earlier that um the written word is just the best medium. It's better than all the other ones. Um, but is is that true though? Is there are there in, things inherent about the written word that um, made it a better vehicle um, for passing it down through the generations? I'll, I'll take a stab at it. Uh, at the question, you know, the written word is the vehicle that was used. But at the end of the day. It is about human beings connecting with other human beings. And Brandon was keying on to this relational concept. Dan was talking about it in terms of stories. But what are stories other than our way of sharing our experience with another person? At, at the end of the day, we the, the goal here is to have something around which we can connect. So God tells us things, right? But he sends out the word. And again, I like connecting the word that he sends out in a written form to the word that he sent out in flesh. Like Christ is the mediator between us and him. He's the, the connecting point. So also is the word of God, the connecting point between us and him. So also are our true stories connecting points between us and the people who are around us. Um, so the, 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 the medium of it, you know, I think part of the question you're getting to, Drew, obviously is, 
is the medium the message when it comes to the 66 canonical books of the Bible? And that, that's interesting, too. But Other thoughts? I mean, you could take just the philosophical standpoint that everything God does is right, is the, is the best. And if God chose to do it, then certainly that is the best. And, and it's hard to argue with that. Um, you know, and so when you ask the question, you know, why didn't God just choose to uh, make video cameras grow on trees so that we could make a video of everything? And the answer is because that just wouldn't have been as effective and efficient as the way that he chose to do it. Um, but I think that whenever we start down that path, we end up um, kind of either coming to one of two destinations. One destination, which is um, kind of almost a fatalistic sort of you know, everything, everything that happens is, is de- predetermined by God. I don't want to get into that. Um, or we end up with kind of a throw our hands in the air and say, yeah, it doesn't really matter. You know, God did it. End of story. Um, which doesn't really answer the question in a way that satisfies our curiosity. So maybe the place to, to go with it is, uh, to, to simply say that, um, that there's a mystery behind everything God does. And his goal is to just just illuminate for us just enough of the mystery so that we, we can trust in him. To just give us enough knowledge so that we can be sure of what he, he's telling us, what his promises are, without um, you know, him having to sort of <laughs> elevate us or without uh, us having to be elevated to the point of where we actually can say, well, I know everything there is to know about God, because then we'd be just as big as him, right? So he has to still be bigger than us. So part of the uh, the idea of him using the written word maybe is that uh, it has the ability to, to convey truth without, uh, without abolishing the mystery of his existence. Like I'm, I'm imagining if there was a, a video camera in the Garden of Eden, and you could actually see God walking with Adam and Eve. You know what would that do to us as human beings, sinful human beings, able to see the living God walking among the trees? Uh, it would break our minds. But God can can speak to us. He could tell us the tr- the truth that it happened in a way that we can grasp without being destroyed by it. So. Am I am I taking you too far to say that you're kind of equating the written word with God's backside, right? Like this is the this is the version of him that we can handle, as opposed to seeing his face. Yeah, it's it's uh, as as some Lutheran theologians have called it the mask. It's one of his masks, right? Yeah, it's a mask that he wears so that he can reveal himself to us, but in a way that's safe enough for us to see him. Yeah, masks is better. That's good. Dan, I see you taking notes. What are you thinking? Well, I was just thinking this got really nerdy really fast. <laughs> so you're not preparing you for that. Do you not see who's on the call? <laughs> well, I was I guess I was just thinking about you know, we're we're kicking around this hypothetical like what if there were video cameras in Eden or or came on trees or whatever and and maybe that's true in an alternate timeline but not in ours, right? And so um so when you look at the written word, you know, like I said earlier, oral tradition was, was the long-standard tradition, but that's how, that's how you end up with mythologies. That's how you end up with these, the stories of like Hercules and the stuff that Homer would write and all of those things. Like the stories, because they were passed down from generation to generation, 
they expanded and they changed and they morphed and they, they evolved over the course of telling over telling over telling over generations. And, and I think that God wanted to stop that. And so writing it down when he had his, his prophets and, and the apostles and everybody write it down, he made it semi-permanent. He made it so that it was much, much more difficult to alter or, or maybe better than that is much more clear for the next generation of reader that there wasn't this this human uh, interpretation of everything all the time. It was like, God to prophet, prophet to pen, done, that's it. And then that was handed off to the next person. And so that, so like when Jesus would pull out a scroll when he was in the, the synagogues, um, those scrolls were essentially exactly the same as what, you know, Ezekiel had written years and years before. And so that, that preservation of thought is important as you go through time. And so that way the, the, the truth of God, the truth of those words can be preserved without maybe as much human fallacy coming into play. Yeah, and it's probably worth connecting what you just said, Dan, to the fact that we don't get, like, this stuff doesn't get codified until Moses, until we, we have a nation that we are now trying to manage. We've gone from a single family, um, you know, when they come to Egypt, what are there, 70 of them or something? Um, you can share the stories with 70 people and up to up to now millions of people. And we need, we need a standard. So, so if the medium is the message here and we start writing it down, um, part of the message is we need, we need some standardized text that everybody can depend on um, and that multiple people can go to as, as good source material for the management of a nation over time. So, Example from a different culture. I was just uh, two weeks ago. I was in Thermopolis, Wyoming, where there's Petroglyphs National or, uh, State Park. Petroglyphs St- State Park, and obviously there are petroglyphs there, and they are thousands of years old. And when you go in there, they, they, there's a little pamphlet that walks you through an interpretation of what you're looking at. But the pamphlet is also we don't totally know what all of these petroglyphs what all of these carvings and these rocks mean we don't know because they weren't passed down to us in that clear of form all that's left all that remains of this particular culture are these carvings and so you're walking down and you're looking at dozens of different carvings into these rocks trying to figure out what they mean and you know you've got a little bit of interpretation but it's not the same as having the full story and i think that when you compare you know when you compare like those one or two images carved into stone with 66 books written down, there's an enormous amount of clarity that comes with it. And I think that God wanted to be clear when it came to, you know, salvation. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah. That wraps it up for another episode of the podcast. As always, if you have questions you'd like answers to, people you'd like to hear from, or you're an artist that just finished working on a big new project, uh, feel free to reach out to us at heartsandhandspodcast at gmail.com or on any social media platform at Wells Creatives. And be sure to keep an eye on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash heartsandhandspodcast. There you can support us financially. You can get access to additional bonus content, uncut episodes, and other features like that as well. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye.